back and it'll be a blink of an eye. Puberty hits eventually. You'll be all right. Especially if you have someone like Sam Presti on your side. Oh, wait. You guys let him go. I'm sorry. For free. For free. 205 on the clock. We get the ball with 14 seconds on the shot clock. Love it, dude. Time out. <clears throat> well, I was hoping for a better game. I'm glad we won it. I don't care. But at no point did I think oh, the, the best case scenario would be a blowout. I wanted it. I wanted them to keep it close. And unfortunately, they couldn't keep it close enough for TNT to stay interested. But I just, I this is where it, go, it goes back to what we've been talking about this team all along. And what we see this team doing is in order to be able to win 50 games, you have to make you have to make statement wins, whether it's beating the Suns and then coming back and then beating the Spurs. Um, I think this is crucial for this this moment in looking at it because you know, Mark and I sat down and we sat down and looked at the next six games, right? Was it it went um I think seven, but yeah. Suns, uh, Spurs. Golden State twice, and Portland, right? That's it. So those are the games. And, and looking now, like, this is big for us. Like, we got – These two next games couple, are going to be tough. Yeah, they're going to be tough, and they're going to be easy. But if we come out playing like we've been playing against the Suns and the Spurs, it's not going to be it's not gonna be a fun game for the Warriors at all. Yeah, Jordan, Boston last year without Shea, that was that was a big game. Wait, was that one we lost by 40? Maybe. I remember Giddy having a big game in Boston, but I do think we lost one by 40. 50? I don't remember, bro. All right, it's talking about wins. <laughs> 50. 59. <laughs> yeah. 74 that we lost to um memphis, memphis too i think yeah that, that was, was tough. A, not just tough bro then we did a post game where we talked positive about the team and then like we had like 10 subscribers like stop following us and people were like these guys are awful afterwards <laughs> it was a real gut check you're like we're doing this for the team <laughs> and there was Pretty much nothing positive about that 74-point loss. I'm trying to think. I want to see if I can find that review that that person said. Dude, it was insane, dude. It was like, he was so right about it, but like... Nah. He didn't know. Like, we're not we're not here to, like, trash him. That's all. Here's what he said. Initially, I felt this pod was good, but gradually I've been impressed by what a one-sided pod it is. Everything is good about this team. Nothing bad or worthy of criticism had ever been mentioned. This is not what us OKC fans want to listen. We need a real analysis in the game on game-to-game -game basis. For example, in today's pod, the Thunder, historical embarrassing loss. You did not hear even one negative comment about this team. You used excuses to instead praise everyone, which made me sick. You had to wonder 
that these two hosts are paid to only promote the team and the organization. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, dude, we lost by 74. Like, like oh gosh, what, you know what we liked about it? I still remember some of the things I liked most. It was the way that we didn't hang our heads. Yeah. The way that when things weren't going bad, we didn't point at each other and blame at each other. And coach didn't rip on players. Like, and we, we, we acted like professionals, even though, like, we knew we were going to be ridiculed, and oh, dude, I honestly was... thought the team got closer through those adversities. Dude, you know the, that moment that, like, you're wiping your ass and you get your finger, like, covered in ass with, like, shit, you know? Like, that because it, like... It happens to the best of us. Right? Like, it breaks through the, the, the toilet paper, right? So, anyways, you can't help it. You want to still know what it smells like. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what a 74-point loss was like, man. Like, you got to get on a podcast and talk about it and try to find something positive, man. It's like smelling your finger after, you, like, your fingers slipped through the the toilet paper, man, and got a wipe in the ass. You're like, oh, what does that smell like? Well, I think that's a great place to pick up the post-game pod. Um, thanks for joining us, everybody. Shout out, Thunder fan down under. We love Wiggins' game. Wiggins has played really great. This has been an incredible game. Dave, we got to see the first billing of Chet versus Wemby, but really beautiful, bro. That was just what brought you know the people in to see the game. The reality was there was a lot more going on here. I, the, I'm on so many levels. Like the the fact is, is that there, when there's a mismatch at this magnitude, when Josh is playing, and he's able to take advantage of that, and he's able to put up what he was able to do, it's truly spectacular. But let's just put it, you know, respect where it's at, man. Shea's game on defense was next level, man. Six steals on the night. He was everywhere. He was just doing things, and the way he was doing them to other people was just not right. Bro, we we almost we could have won this game by 40. We could have won this game by 50. But the reality was the first half, it was a good game. So, like, what happened? Like, how did it go from a really good game to, like, biggest blowout we've had in, you know, Five, six, seven, eight years, and Wemby looks like a a whiny little bitch walking back to his home. Well, it was the question that you asked about um, end of the third quarter in the fourth quarter. Was you said is it is it early enough to say that you know Spurs fans to start calling uh, Oklahoma City their daddies? Like that's the question that it, it's the beginning of it all. Like now, now is the rest of the time that the Spurs fans sit there and say. We should have kept Sam Presti. We should have done this. We should have done that. We should have been able to have a, a worse season here to be able to get a player like Josh Giddy. Because think about how exciting the Spurs would be if they had Josh Giddy and Victor on that team. You know what I'm saying? Like all these people in Oklahoma City that are saying, oh, trade Josh Giddy. They'd be like, what do we have to do to get Josh Giddy? We want that guy on our team. You know, yeah. like this is the moment that we all, as Oklahoma City Thunder fans, have all been waiting for. It's the buildup. It's the the climax. It's all everything rolled into once in this one season right now, guys. Like, like we say that it's 50 games, but if the team plays like this and they're coming out putting away teams by 40 points and and acting like it's not that big of a deal, then beating the Suns, who is a championship contender, like it's not that big of a deal in the fourth quarter, like we did, and and the other wins that we've had, like this is this is getting to next level, and we've got to continue doing this because this is a hard stretch. And if we're able to come out with only winning or uh, losing a couple games, then man, we're on fire. Dude, there's some crazy things about this game that we should get into. 
Zach Collins got into it with Kenny. Chet got into it with Sohan. Sohan, whatever. We got to see Kenny come back. Big time minutes from Kenny. Minutes, man. Um, Big things all around. But I just want to say one more thing while we're rubbing a little salt into the wound. As Victor was walking back to the locker room, I was just thinking, like, what would he be thinking about right now? And you know what? I just started feeling bad for him. Because, like, honestly, man, if you just got smashed by the thunder and you're looking at it and you're saying, this is the uphill battle I have to, like, where are the reinforcements? Where's the backup? And they're like, oh, they're not on the team yet. They're coming in the future. It's like, you're telling me you have to play for four years this hard just to get to the point where we have a team that can compete with these guys. And by then, they're going to be four years further. Like, if I were Wemby, I would be talking to my agent. I'd be like, don't sign an extension. Get me to the Thunder. Like, I don't want to play against them. I want to play for them. If that's what I would do with Wemby, and Wemby won't do that. And that's why deep down, dude, like I have sorrow in my heart for this man because that no person should have to put up with what he's going to have to do over the next few years. Dude, his team sucks. Dude, the only hope for him is if the Spurs somehow find a way to trade for Luka. That's the only way that they'll ever be an ability to win games. And even then, it'll strip them of everything that they have of value. So the reality of what's happening with the Spurs is that in order for them to suck bad enough, right, to get good draft picks, because, you know, you can say anything about Coach Popovich. He's not what he used to be. He's just not. He's a great coach still. But he's he's getting old and things are happening in his life. So with that being said, we're in a really great situation as Oklahoma City Thunder fans because now either A, they find a way to build around Victor and they're good. And we get to see an incredible matchup for the next couple decades. Or they don't know how to build around it and they suck. And Coach Popovich just does what he can to hold this team together. But when he leaves, they crumble. And then they either have to tear down and rebuild at a very young age for Victor, which is like 23 at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like, it for me, I'm looking at this and I'm saying there's so much that has to be done. But that's just because how good the Oklahoma City Thunder are. If this West didn't look good for the future, then I would be pretty, pretty ecstatic if I was the Spurs saying, yeah, we're good. But when you play against a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder, you got to know deep down inside that you're you're in trouble because like they're coming at you in every single way. Yes, you put away the Spurs tw- uh, the Suns twice. I get that, right? But that's because you match up well against the Suns. You do not match up well against the Thunder, and that was very evident tonight. No, I mean, we we didn't even have to play our B game, but <clears throat> I think deep down Shay kind of took this whole Chet versus Wemby thing kind of personal. Yeah, dude. And he was just like, look, I'm the best player on the court. I get that those guys are the future. Seven but steals. Seven steals, dude. And seven steals. What happens, dude? What happens if all of a sudden he's a elite defender? Well, why is, is he, why, is why he an MVP people, right now? But my, my, point, my point about Shea for so long is that he's one of the most underrated defenders in the league. Like, he shuts down people. In such a way, because here's the reality. A lot of times that you watch where Shea gets stuck with, by the time the switch comes, he's stuck with a small forward, right? That's who he's mm-hmm. playing on defense. When when you're looking at him playing against a guard one-on-one or against a s- smaller player, he dominates that player. This was exactly what he got stuck with tonight. You know, he got switched off and he was on a smaller player who got the steal, got the tip, got the, whatever he did. He just got ahead of the game. 
And that's why when we're looking at Shea and we're breaking down his game and, and we're saying 28 points is pretty phenomenal. Then he has like what, um, uh, five assists, six rebounds, seven, seven steals, seven for seven on the free throw line. And he only played 28 minutes. That's his impact. And it's insane, dude, because that's the type of player he is. And he just turned 25, right? And then you have mm-hmm. Chet, who had what I would say a pretty solid game. Nine points, two blocks, three steals, seven rebounds, right? Josh Giddy, 18 points, man. Seven assists, six rebounds. Bro, he, you know, seven rebounds, seven assists. He is just balling. He had two blocks. But I want to say this. J-Dub, 11 points in the first half, didn't score a bucket in the second half. But his idea of what he was doing out there was amazing, man. His defense, his offense, everything was on point. He just wasn't scoring. He wasn't expecting to score out there in that third quarter because that's all the starters played as in that third quarter there. Dort, six points. Off the bench, you had Cason Wallace. This is where I got excited, man. Cason Wallace, nine points, three assists, five rebounds, two steals, two blocks. Um, he filled up every single stat line, one for one, three pointers, four for five and field goals. And again, he is proving to everybody in the league that he's not only one of the better rookies, but he's the most efficient rookie in the league. He's the best defender as a rookie in the league. And he is elite on so many levels. I cannot say enough about this young man. Well, I'll say this, man. We got the W. The rivalry has been stoked. Stoked. And at the same time, the Spurs know who their daddy is. So I would say everything we set out to accomplish, we did. Hell yeah, dude. We'll catch you guys tomorrow, man. Appreciate it.